You're listening to the Are You Ready podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Gaskarth, owner of 87 Events, a luxury wedding design and planning company. I'm here to share my expertise on everything wedding, from straightforward tips and tricks for planning your wedding to advice on how to deal with the inevitable Karens bringing the wedding drama. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Are You Weddy podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Episode one, this is an exciting time. I get to talk your ear off about one of my all-time favorite topics, weddings. Let me tell you, I love my job as a wedding planner. I love my job so much that I end up spending a ton of time answering random questions from people in my DMs about wedding planning. And you know what? I thought, Maybe I should take this energy and put my shared knowledge into more of a public format so that it can help more couples with their wedding woes, not just my own clients. So in this pod, we'll be covering topics from things like a guide to tipping, to selecting wedding vendors, and even how to deal with the inevitable wedding drama. You know what? It happens all the time and... I get to be the shoulder to cry on, so I think I'm a pretty good person to give you a little bit of advice and knowledge um, and insight on these topics. Not only that, but I will also be taking questions from actual listeners every episode, so if you're out there listening and have burning questions about weddings, email them over to hello at areyouweddy.com. That's hello at areyouweddy.com. So, are you ready to get started? (laughs) We know I couldn't resist that one. Without further ado, let's jump into our first topic. So, you just got engaged, now what? Wedding planning is a big job, and while I will always advocate for couples to hire a wedding planner, not everyone can do that, and some people just don't want to, and you know what? I respect it. This is your journey. The beginning of the planning process is incredibly daunting. You know, usually you've got family members and friends already asking when is the big day and, you know, the task just seems so big that you don't know where to start. I'm here to help. You can breathe a sigh of relief because if you put your ducks in a row, it's much more manageable than you might think. First things first. Number one, budget. You know, it's really hard to know what you need to spend overall. But a good rule of thumb is kind of figuring out who the contributors are and what numbers they feel comfortable with. Sometimes it's almost easier to ask, okay, what budget number makes you feel uncomfortable as opposed to what number are you totally cozy with? Um, if that makes sense. So starting out by talking with the various contributors, figuring out, a basic idea of what everyone is going to be putting in so that you know your overall budget that you can work with. Number two, guest list. This is a really important one because the guest list is sort of the first step in figuring out your wedding venue, which is step number three, but we'll stick on step number two for a minute. One of the first things that you should really do is write down your tentative guest list, who is going to be coming to this wedding, whether or not you think they're going to have a plus one with them. Um, And that way, when you do move on to step three, the venue search, you'll really know what size venue fits you best 
Um, and also with step number one complete, you'll have a better idea of, you know, what you might be able to spend on that wedding venue. Moving on to step number three, the venue search. As I said, first two steps, budget and guest list, are really important before you get started on looking for a wedding venue. Um, but what I kind of re recommend here is for you to begin by narrowing down the search based on those two factors, budget and maximum amount of guests. And I do absolutely recommend that you book a wedding venue that can hold your full invitee list for the most part. Yes, we do tend to see a 20% decline, give or take. Um, but, you know, in a post-pandemic world, things are a little wacky and we can't necessarily rely on, you know, some of those indicators that might have been more, I don't know, I guess more common pre-pandemic. We've seen a lot more declines at certain times based on where the world is. Um, and we've also seen... <laughs> much lower decline rates because people have just been really ready to party. It, it totally depends. So my recommendation is if, you're, if your guest count is 150 guests at the max who you're inviting, you know, even though you might see a 15 to 20% decline, book a venue that can seat 150 people. Worst case scenario, you have a little extra breathing room. And then the best case scenario is every single one of your guests RSVPs, yes, and you have this big, happy, fun party, and you won't be cramped in a venue that's too small for you. So that's venue search. And then after you've selected your wedding venue, you can move on to booking your vendors. And my recommendation here is to begin with the vendors who can really only book one wedding per day. This would include your photographer, your videographer, your hair and makeup team, band or a DJ. Usually those are, are ones that book up pretty far in advance. Um, your wedding officiant, yes, can only do one wedding in a day, but usually they don't book up that far out. So you're usually fine to wait a little bit longer there. But yeah, photographer, videographer, hair and makeup teams, and then your band or DJ are kind of the first ones on my list that I always try to tackle. That's the first couple of items that you should put on your to-do list as you're starting your wedding planning journey. I hope that helped. And now I wanted to kind of move into some questions from listeners. The idea for the podcast came about because I've been answering people's questions in my DMs. And I thought, you know what? Let's make this a little bit more public. Let's help a few more people. I thought it would be great to include a questions section of the podcast. So normally I would pull these from email. So from today on, please go ahead and send your questions to hello at areyouready.com. But for today, I went ahead and asked people on Instagram to submit some questions and we got a lot of great questions. Let's start with the first one. This question comes in from Leah. She says, I'm in the home stretch. What's the best thing to focus on during the last six to eight weeks of planning? Okay. So at this point, Leah, you should be finished booking all of your vendors. You should be working on your timeline and have that pretty much set. You know, you might have some final details that are still trickling in like vendor arrival and departure times, other details or things that you're kind of playing around with. The biggest thing I would say that you should be focusing on right now 
is collecting your RSVPs. The way that you collect your RSVPs is going to help several of your vendors. So first and foremost being your caterer. And you can ask your caterer exactly what they need from you. I tend to think that it's great to do an Excel sheet that can be sorted alphabetically so that your planner or your caterer can help guests find their seats and can print out the guest list in two ways. They can do it alphabetical and they can do it by table to really you know, have a great organized version of that guest list to keep things moving smoothly. So for that Excel sheet, you're going to want to have columns like first name, last name, meal choice, table number, and possibly even seat number if you're seating people at specific seats as opposed to tables. And then you can also do another version of your Excel sheet for your stationer. So if you're doing an escort board or escort cards, let's say you're listing guests in couples. In that case, you'll have a column where you Put the guest names as you want them printed on your board or on your cards, as well as their table number. And sometimes you can also do meal choice on that. So make sure you're talking to your vendors and seeing what they need from you in terms of your final guest count, seating, you know, and printing needs and and whatnot. Next question comes in from Heather. Heather says, how much creative freedom do you get? This is also a really great question. And the answer is most of the time, I have a good amount of creative freedom. And I think that this comes from developing really good relationships with my clients, really good friendships and and getting to know them. So when I'm designing a wedding for clients, you know, I'm really taking into consideration who they are as a couple and as individuals. And I'm trying to weave in every detail that I possibly can, you know, to really make it feel like it couldn't possibly be anybody else's wedding but theirs. So it starts with a really cohesive design. And a lot of my clients, you know, at first glance, get a really good, you know, feeling from the designs and they trust me and we have a, like I said, a great relationship. So they do give me a lot of creative freedom. That being said, I certainly have, you know, clients who come along who are really good at design. Like I have a client right now who used to work for anthropology. She has a very good sense of what she wants and, you know, what she wants the wedding to look like, what she wants it to feel like. And that in a way, gives me, I guess, less creative freedom, but it also makes my job so much easier. And at the end of the day, all I want is for my clients to be happy and for their weddings to look and feel exactly how they want. I certainly still make suggestions and try and get people thinking outside of the box. This next question is from Miller. What are some things people forget to plan for? Little details or things they may have missed or not thought of? This is an excellent question, and I am certain that I could fill a whole episode of answers to this question. So I'll just throw out a few of the top things that people miss or forget to plan for. Gratuities. Again, another thing that I can certainly do a whole episode on. Make sure that you have your tips pre-figured out in envelopes labeled and give them to a trusted friend or family member to hand out either before or during the reception. Another thing that people forget 
is factoring in yourself into your final guest count. I know this sounds so silly, but it happens all the time. Every time I ask my couples for their final count and their spreadsheet to go along with it, the first thing that I do is look at the spreadsheet and make sure that I can find them on it. Because as we're thinking about our invitee lists, our guests, and who's in attendance, a lot of the time we forget to list ourselves because, you know, you're not always sending yourself an invitation and a save the date, but the caterer and all the rest of your vendors still need to know that actual comprehensive guest list and final count. And you are included in that. So don't forget yourself. Another thing is to make sure that you don't forget vendor meals. Last but not least, for the things that people tend to forget, which I think this one is maybe a little bit on purpose, is deciding on a poor weather plan. Whether it's rain or snow, you have to talk about it ahead of time and make sure that you get comfortable with whatever plan you have in place. If it rains, making sure that you have a backup tent or a place for people to go. I don't care if you live in California where it only rains, you know, 10 days out of the year. It can happen. I think every single couple should discuss a rain plan before their wedding and make sure that is a detail that does not get forgotten. Because in that unlikely scenario that it begins pouring on your wedding day, if you don't have a plan, it's going to be so much scrambling and and you're going to feel upset because you haven't had time to really wrap your head around it and process it and imagine how your wedding day is going to be, you know, if you have to go with this plan B. So make sure you have discussed logistics of a poor weather plan and that you get nice and cozy with it. That way on your wedding day, if it does happen to rain or snow or whatever weather happens, that you can continue on through the day feeling happy and light and you know, not like it's getting messed up because of something that is completely and totally out of your control. And I have to say this, people often say, oh, it's good luck if it rains on your wedding day or, oh, it's bad luck if it rains on your wedding day. I'm sorry. The weather outside is weather. There is no such thing as good luck or bad luck relating to the rain. So it's just weather. We can't help what it does. There's nothing we can do about it. And your marriage is going to be so happy and your wedding day is going to be so beautiful and it doesn't matter whether or not it rains. Not in that sense, at least. And that, ladies and gents, is the end of episode one. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you found it at least a little bit helpful to ease some of your wedding worries. Please do send in any questions you might have. Email me at hello at ruweddy.com. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.